This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week 581, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 581. I'm Josh Flanagan, along with my co-host, Ron Richards. Good morning. And Connor Kilpatrick has, in fact, joined the French Revolution. <laughs> I or mean, resistance. The resistance, yeah. <laughs> We're not quite at revolution yet, but... I just filled that in. I thought revolution, because I know more about that. <laughs> and I like that he's, he's like, with the Jacobins. Yes, he's got a beret. He's all set. He's got a baguette and a gun. He, is, he goes by the name Chocolat. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. It's one of those, I can see the gun. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's a really thick muzzle. And the black and white striped shirt and the scarf around the neck. So just every, every baseline trope. <laughs> stereotype that you can think of. Smoking. Just, oh, the smoking and the butter. Smoking and the butter. That's what Connor is doing. Really. We are iFanboy, and every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us reads their picks the reads them all, picks their favorite book. It's early for me, and that never happens because they were usually on the West Coast. So <laughs> you're gonna have to bear with me. Um, I'm not good in the morning, and Connor didn't used to be good in the morning, and then we started doing the shows in the morning, and he's fine. He got good. He got I, better. He evolved. Here, yeah. Here I am lagging. That, Josh, that's part of the reason why he got recruited for the French Resistance. They're like th- this guy. Not only is he big and bald, but he's good in the morning. As uh, Monsieur Kilpatrick, uh, le bombe, le morning, le matin. I remembered. <laughs> we read the books. One of us picks their favorite. We call that the pick of the week. We're going to talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick. And uh, if we have time for the uh, mail or, or shenanigans and whatnot, then we'll, we'll get to that also. The goal here is entertainment and amusement. Yes. And, and, and maybe – some actual thought in there, but I, I can't promise that. There will be spoilers, though. I can promise you that much because this is a review show, and any other way to do it would be just absurd. Um, so the, you know that, and we're going to move ahead. Ron, you had the pick. Yes, I did, and uh, this was a solid week. This was like this was a week where I read a bunch of books, and I was like, "Wow, that was really good. That was really good." Not all of them. I, not all of them were going to talk about because some of them were just good. Yeah, but, you know. But like, it, it was like it was. I had very little to. Well, I, I always got something to complain about, but that's, I had very little. That's to, not true. Yeah. Um, but making this pick was really it was a uh, was you know I kind of you know I had a lot of different options, but ultimately, uh, what blew me away. And also blew our patrons away as we get a, once again, a joint iFanboy Pick of the Week and iFanboy Patron Pick in one shot. Uh, Nick Fury, number one, written by James Robinson with art by Akko, A-C-O. I'm going to say Akko. Uh, 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 I don't know, but. Yeah, Akko. Sign um, that guy up. 
uh, inked by Hugo Petrus, uh, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And I believe, I, I believe Ugo Petrus is also in the French uh, Resistance. I think so, too. That's a great name, by the way, Hugo Petrus. Um, and I, I wanted to call out Hugo Petrus and Rochelle Rosenberg because, all right, listen, James Robinson is a known quantity, right? We, we, sure. we are very familiar with James Robinson and his, uh, his mastery of comics writing. Uh, he's one of the best, right, hands down. Um, Nick Fury, the, now this is new Nick Fury. This is, you know, the, the hashtag not my Nick Fury character. Well, um, you know, in a world where the actual Nick Fury is what it is. Yes. Fine. I'll right. take this. Well, no, but the thing is, is that histor- I'm surprised. I surprised myself by picking this because historically yeah. I am very anti hashtag not my Nick Fury. Um, I, I just they it's an, I felt as if this character was another example of, you know, a not so transparent attempt at synergy by Marvel, and one of those like like we Connor and I talked when you were on, you weren't on the show a couple of weeks ago, um, which is going to be a theme of this episode. But uh, Connor and I talked about the champions and how Marvel is really trying to force the champions down our throat, and it's just like relax, like don't don't stop trying to make the champions happen. And for a while, they were there's the same thing with Nick Fury. They were just trying to make Nick Fury happen, and I wasn't I wasn't buying what they were selling, but. Then you get James Robinson and this Akko guy and Hugo Petrus and Rochelle Rosenberg come in and knock my socks off. Now, now you're literally selling what they're selling. I'm literally selling what they're selling. Um, now, I looked up this Akko artist, and he's been working at DC. Like, he's been around most recently, mm-hmm. as, as recently as this year on Midnighter and Apollo. He was on Deathstroke. Um, and Midnighter I and Apollo was good. Yeah, it was good. Now, er, er, and the thing is, I was looking at his art on that, and I could see some hints of what happened here in Nick Fury. But th- if this is an example of editorial getting someone with talent and saying, hey, man, here's a writer who wants to push the boundaries, go nuts, then this is more of what we need in comics, right? And Because wh- what we got, and I don't know if it's the combination of Akko plus Hugo Petrus, I think huge, huge kudos go to Rochelle Rosenberg for coloring mm-hmm. the shit out of this issue. Um, but what you got was something that was very in the Marcos Martin, David Aha category of style, right? But. But. Yeah, but with other stuff. With, I, I, re- no. I felt like this was like a, a lot of times you can look at somebody and say, Oh, oh, they're they're just doing this guy, and I was like, right. oh, he definitely implemented this guy, and he implemented this guy, but there's something else, and there's another, you know, influence. Yeah, yeah the thing, and and the thing, and and yeah, and I think it's the alchemy of James Robinson writing a great script uh, and doing what he does and pushing Akko with the layouts, and and I would love to see what James Robinson handed Akko to draw here, right? Mm-hmm. And then something happens with Akko's art and working with Hugo Petrus and Rochelle Rosenberg that made it not look like anything he's done at DC. Mm-hmm. You know, cause, and, and I think this, you know, kind of um, highlights what DC does to their artists in terms of mandating a arts, uh, house style or just a look of DC books. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you put this page to page up against his Deathstroke work, it is night and day. Right. Mm-hmm. And w- instead, what we got here was, uh, you know, several double page spreads that were just uh, uh, immensely detailed and like and, insanely complicated. And, and as a digital reader, I hate double page spreads, but I had to be like, all right, well done. Yeah, no, exactly. And then and now the thing is, like when I saw the cover, uh, so the cover was just a stark black, blank white background with uh, hashtag, not my Nick, hashtag, hashtag not my Nick Fury standing there colored in magenta, but with um, old 1960s Taranko Nick Fury covers superimposed on his body. And at that moment, I'm like, oh, come on, Jay 
Duncan Robinson, you're better than this. Don't try to don't try to do a Steranko, you know, like don't try to replicate what has been done before. Do something new. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to admit, I, I, I underestimated him because what he did was he channeled the yep. vibe and the feel of those Steranko 60s books, but with a modern take on it and with his own kind of take on it. And it did not feel like an also ran. It did not feel like a callback. It did not feel like an homage. It felt like in, in the spirit of, which is that's how you do it right. I would also like to go ahead and give a shout out to Travis Lanham, yeah. uh, the letterer on this. Yeah. Uh, and if you look, this thing, A, to be a letterer and hand her this, you're like, oh, this is going to take me longer than the other books. Right. Uh, there's sound effects all over the place. Yep. Uh, integra- there's a there's a splash page. It's actually a single page spread of the flying Ferrari uh, going around a lighthouse on a rock. And there's this big boom with stars that we're sort yeah. of looking through like an arch. That's great. Very, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the, the lettering, the, and again, Rochelle Rosenberg with the coloring, a very yeah. kind of, you know, uh, you know, pa- very art. bright uh, pastel kind of pop modern art kind of yeah. uh, color palette. Uh, and this is a, this is a single thing. I mean, this is, you know, of course launching the new series, yeah. but this issue is basically a casino caper. You know where Nick Fury, uh, Nick Fury arrives at a casino and uh, on the French Riviera, and there's something going on with Hydra, and it's got a little Ocean's Eleven kind of vibe, but then it gets you know kind of Bond spy. We get the flying car, we get a a, a boat, um, and there's just some. It's and uh, honestly, there's a there's a single page, full page splash page of Nick Fury walking into the casino, and he's wearing a, a stark blue suit. And the background behind him is pink and magenta, and you've mm-hmm. got chips and cards flying around him, right? As he's made it, as he's made his entrance in, into the casino, and it, it was just like I, I, and that followed three double paid spreads that really kind of laid the groundwork and saw like he he walked into the room, he saw what was going on, he had his little spy watch that took care of a bunch of things, and boom, here's the man. And you know what? Now I'm buying this character. Mm-hmm. Right. And and honestly, like I'm going to I'm I've been railing a lot privately and I probably will on the show about the state of comics and what can be done. And and mainly Marvel and DC is specifically within art and stuff like that. And this like this shows me that Marvel can make a great comic book still. And, and, oh, and there's, I don't think there's any shortage of examples of that. Yeah, I think it's few and far between, unfortunately, these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but like it's constant. It's always there. It's never like yeah. there's not a couple of good books where. Right. Anyways, we'll get to that. Yeah, but this this just knocked my pants off. So I mean, so great job, bravo, James Robinson, bravo, Akko, bravo, Hugo Petrus, bravo, Rochelle Rosenberg, bravo, Travis Lanham. I mean, this is like a masterclass in a first issue, not even just a first issue, just a great issue. Yeah. And way to turn me around on a character. I'm now fully on this book. So yeah. um So ratings. Rate. It's a patron's pick, so we got to do the ratings, Josh. So ratings. 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 Four. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Okay, and I'm only dinging it because it's the character Nick Fury. <laughs> I'm dinging it um, slightly because uh, it, there's not much to it. Yeah. Like there's there's no character work. There's no none. Yeah, yeah. But no, there's no story really. It's, it's an opening. It's, it's, it's an opening scene. It's a yeah. It's a cold open of a Bond movie. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, and and it's impressive to have it transported into this um, medium, basically. Yeah, agreed. I thought that was done really well, and I, I just. The design of it is really the 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 win right there, and and sort of that that hearkening back to Steranko, but being modern and having all these influences that are just sort of on the tip of your tongue, yeah, um, but without feeling derivative. Yep, uh, sticking with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great job. Yeah. So. I picked it up for James Robinson, and uh, I got a lot more. Uh, that's a great slogan. I picked it up for James Robinson, and I got a whole lot more. Well, 
Um, all right, so moving on, Marvel's. Now, I just thought that this book was in stark contrast to this week. Actually, tr- was the start of Marvel's next big event, which is the Nick Spencer helmed Secret Empire event, which is spinning out of the pages of uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers. Which you know, as we all know, and we talked about this, Josh, when you weren't on the show two weeks ago. Um, uh, the whole idea, the Nick Spencer story, that Steve Rogers has been manipulated by the little girl who's the Cosmic Cube, and I read uh, that story. Yeah, and they change it so that he's actually he's been raised as an agent of Hydra since his childhood. Um, and when what you missed on the show when Connor and I were there, we're talking about it was the last issue. Is that I actually I've been reading every issue of Captain America, Steve Rogers. Have you? I have because. Huh. I love, I love, love, love that Nick Spencer is challenging the readers and making people go bananas. Like I, I agree with that. Like I love that. So I'm like, I want to see what the deal is. And I, I like how the story has been developing. This is the right time to have it come to a head because it's kind of been long in the tooth at this point. Yeah. Um, and I thought that Secret Empire number, number zero was a great. It could. It, this really could have been a first issue. Like, I don't know why it's a zero issue. Um, you had a prologue by Rod Reese, and then which kind of uh, took you back in time to, uh, when, uh, uh, to when Captain America in, in World War II, the Hydra stuff, kind of laid a little more of the groundwork. And then it goes to the present day where Steve Rogers makes his move, and basically as the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, they've got a confluence of, they've got, you know, the, the, the Chitauri are attacking in space, and a bunch of vill- Baron Zemo's leaving, leading a bunch of villains attacking New York. And at the same time, um, Hydra's mounting an attack. And so the government panics and gives uh, all power of the military to Captain America. And that's the moment where he flips the switch and Hydra takes over. And I thought that was a great swerve. It was a great move. It was a great way to kick things off. Uh, Daniel Kuna is fantastic. The art is great. I, I, you know, Based on this issue, I am all in. Right. But then I go and read Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 16, and it's literally the sound of uh, air being deflated from a balloon. Um, because this is the problem I talked about the last issue of Captain well, America. Well, not literally. Yeah, not literally. Um, you build this great kind of base of what's going on, and then you go to the Captain America uh, book, and it's got three artists, two of which are, two of which, well, no, one is awful, one is okay, and the other one is, is pretty good, you know? Um, but the art is inconsistent. It's not as bad as the last issue of Captain America, Steve Rogers, uh, number 15, which was just like, that made me question what the hell is going on at Marvel. Like, how are they, how are they even, like, it? W- the, the art quality on issue 15 was, like I said to Connor, if I got that book when I worked at Image as a, like a submission, I would have rejected it out, we would have rejected it outright just based on the art alone. And I can't believe that Marvel published it. Right. And it's just so like, the only thing that's going to mar this event for me is just that inconsistency. Is that, you know, like, and that's, and that, that I think is the big problem is that whether, you know, this kind of race to pump, you know, two books out a month, you know, the books suffer for, for it. I, I really sure. believe so. Um, you know, and, and it was just a real stark balance between Ooh. Secret Empire number zero, which I enjoyed and Daniel Kuna was great. And then to go read Captain America, Steve Rogers and have inconsistent art, the art that was in there looking amateurish, um, you know, like, you know, deviant art level art. Right. I, I, yeah, I'm looking through it. I, yeah. I see some of it. Oh, it gets worse as you go through the issue. Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah. I was like, it's not so bad. And then there's yeah. a there's a really there's a page where Cap is sitting at a desk. Yes, that's the, I'm on that one where he's addressing the the hydro. Yeah, trip. yeah, right. He's on. Yeah, and then and they keep on going to Selvig and the and the gun and when you know and then and the guy the suicide bomber and it's just like it's uh, the page with Captain Marvel and somebody in the lower left hand corner somebody working at his workstation in front uh-huh. of her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like it's 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 mind boggling. Yeah, it's and I don't, and I understand how you can have your most important event 
have that, you know? So, yeah, I guess they didn't. I mean, it's the same choice that DC's making and it's a different, um, solution. Actually, right. it's not a different solution. It's, it's, you know, the, the, the deadline is the most important getting that out there right. to them. Yeah. But I mean, I'm going to read it cause I like the story and I want to see what goes on. I want to see what's driving people, what, what makes people go bananas. Um, cause I, I enjoy people suffering, but, um, but yeah, just but I, but that that said, getting Akuna art and it kind of in like what I what yeah. I dis, what I dislike about Secret Empire Number Zero is that I have no expectation that that Daniel Kuna will draw another page of this. Like I forget who's the artist in Secret Empire Number One, but it's yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not Akuna. And then it's like, oh well, crap, you know. So he's so good. What's he's he been so doing? I, I feel like I, I haven't been read his stuff. He, he does one issue here and there. He hasn't done a real um, oh. a real run in a while. I mean, it seems to be mainly Marvel stuff. But you know, looking at looking at his recent stuff, at least um, as I pull it up in Comic Book DB, you know he um, and then my browser freezes. He was uh, he was pretty consistent on um, Uncanny oh, Avengers. I'm sorry, he's been doing Captain America Sam Wilson, which I'm not reading. Oh, me neither. Yeah, he's been well, on, so he's so been the on thing that about monthly. That yeah, is that yeah. I w- I didn't really have a big problem with the story. I just kind of didn't. I wasn't that invested in it, so I stopped sure. reading them. Right. Um. Like I'd read up through the Cosmic Cube Girl, and I read the first bits of the Hydra stuff, and the first bits of Sam Wilson. I read Sam Wilson for a while, actually. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't super interested in it, so I stopped reading it. Right. So then that leads us to over to DC, which has launched their next big event, which I am going to, regardless if it's good or bad, I'm going to apologize in advance to anyone involved in it. I'm going to make fun of it because it's called the Button. <laughs> And I'm sorry. I just I, I the the button. All right, the button. But, so with Batman number twenty one, we get the button part one, uh, which is the Batman Flash Watchmen. You know, picking up the thread that Jeff Johns left in in Rebirth a year ago now, close to a year ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is written by Tom King with art by Jason uh, Fabok or Fabok, um, who or how Connor says it. Fabook. For a moment, I don't know why. for a moment, I I didn't realize it was Jason Fabook, and I thought I'm like, oh, I'm like, are we getting Gary Frank? But it, it's oh, not, I can it's, see that it's not Gary Frank. Um, I, before we talk about the book itself, um, great Tim Sale cover, which is only marred by have him drawing the Flash's costume with the dumb lightning bolt lines on his head, and that, like if it didn't oh, yeah. have those two lines, it would have been a great costume. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, a great a great cover. But uh, so what do you what do you think of this Batman? What do you think of the Button Chapter One Part One? I actually really liked it. I did too. I was like, I, sh- I mean, like everything about this, I shouldn't like it. But there's a couple of things that are happening. Um, first of all, um, Fabok, Fabok. I, I, we should, you know what? I never want to. Let's know. say Fabok. Let's say Fabok. I like, I like how that feels. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, they're aping um, Watchmen, nine panel grids. Yes. This sort of style and, and pacing some, of it, mostly nine panel grids. Every now and then they they which, break out to do a you know to do right. either a double page splash or a break out of the grid for a, which for a, yeah. If you're a Tom King reader, that's not unusual. He's a nine he's a nine panel grid guy. Yeah, like I've seen that a lot, um, and so he he's got a good pretty good mastery of it. Um, second of all, I had I had no I mean Tom King's very good. Yes. And I had no expectations of this. I didn't really know it was coming. I got to the page where the the button. Is all over the monitors, yeah, and and I kind of was like, oh, right, oh, that like I, this is actually a thing that's happening now because it's funny because they left that breadcrumb forever ago, and I kind of forgot about it, right, um, and then I I really just like the device of um, flashes. I'll be there in a minute, 
and then reverse flash shows up, and every panel is a second. Yep. And I was like, that's, that's really good. And so it was this really interesting fight sequence that took place second by second, almost like 24 done in comic book uh, terms. Yep. And it was, it was really well done. And yeah. I, I was like, and I got to the end, and I was like, like I want to know what's going to happen. It was a great last page uh, with the flash showing up, you know. Late, as always. Late. I mean, like, like technically, uh, sort of, you know, craft wise, this was extremely well executed. So now, yeah, and now I agree with all that, and I actually did find myself liking it, um, but with <laughs> with asterisks and caveats, right? Sure. Um, so first off, like, there's aside from it being the button, and say what you will about Watchmen and DC or anything like this, um, I think that Tom King did do a great job on the script. I think it's great. You know, um, I think it's. I just don't know why Jeff Johns isn't doing this, you know, and I know why and I get, cause he's got bigger and better things. Right. And, and he wrote rebirth and they, they planted this little seed and it just, it irritates me to no end that he comes back, does this little thing and then runs away. Right. And, you know, and there's been a lot of talk about the, you know, most recently this week, you know, this past week in the comic industry, there's been talk about, you know, uh, you know, there's been some opinion about the lesser value of artists, uh, by one publisher, and then another publisher just made a big announcement, you know, kind of building a line of books around artists and all this sort of stuff. And it just kind of punctuated kind of what is wrong with the, with the majority of the comic book industry right now, um, which is that there's, you know, there's a, a wide birth of talent and not the the age of like we talk about is the age of writers over and do we need to bring back the prominence to artists and all this sort of stuff but i think more, most off is that the age of names are over in that you put a name on a book and it will sell uh for the most part you know like you put bendis on a book and it doesn't sell like what it used to right it just sure. what it is but i truly believe that you put jeff johns on a book to do a big event like this and it'll still sell like gangbusters Mm -hmm. Right, and it'll still do great. And while I think Tom King did do a great job on this, I feel like this should be Jeff's story. This should this should be what he's doing. Um, specifically in the in the book, there's the little there's the juxtaposition of there's a hockey match going on, mm -hmm. and Batman has it open on his screen, and I just I just don't buy that. Bat Batman doesn't care about the hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought there was a thing. Yeah, but <laughs> and I get it as a device and how it, you know, it, it's the hockey fight and it, it 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 mirrors the fight that goes on between Reverse Flash and Batman. And there's also a sequence of Nine, nine Pound Grid where Batman is rolling uh, the comedian's pin across his knuckles. Mm -hmm. And I, I I just don't. I mean, Connor would be better I, to speak I, from a Batman standpoint, but I feel like that's very out of character. I did I did bump on that. I noticed yeah. that um, yeah. the hockey thing doesn't bother me because he is Batman. Um, and he has to watch out for criminals and terrorism, so it would make sense to monitor that thing. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I just, I just that's, know this He would but, do that. He would have that on one of the screens because it's, it's a yeah. relevant thing. He's got a lot of Gotham there. So from a story point standpoint, he, the, the, the kind of the Dosek Machina is that the comedian's pin falls next to Psycho Pirate's mask and a bolt of lightning then comes – they kind of you know they, they kind of sync up with each other and a little bolt of lightning hits Batman. And for a moment, he sees his father from the Flashpoint universe and that kind of opens the door for Reverse Flash to come in from Flashpoint. Um, and that's what kind of triggers everything off. A little convenient, like unexplained, but uh, whatever. That's comics. We'll go with it. I thought that the 
reverse flash, great character. The fight sequence per second was just really masterful. It was really, really quality. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I left, I finished the issue going, all right, cool, I'm in. You know, like, I'm definitely going to read sure. this. But it just frustrates me. And, like, not that nothing against Tom King or Jason Fabak, but if this was Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, this could this probably could have been pick of the week, and I imagine it would be huge. And, for, and I don't understand why... They just downplay that. I don't know. It's because just, it's that's what it is now. I yeah, mean, like, no, for yeah. a long time, DC's got a much more collaborative, top-down style. Right. And I, I, you know, I, for one, think that Tom King, he's he's somewhat gotten out of, like, or he's found a way to make his own voice heard through that. Right. Um. So I can respect that. And, you know... An editorial mandate on a large story that got started in one place and is then carried out by everybody else—that's not new. That's no, not. I mean, that, that's that's Marvel's bread and butter. I mean, that's why you know, like, that's my biggest frustration. My biggest frustration with a lot of the upcoming writers now is that they really—it just you get the sense that nobody's writing their story. That aside from Scott Snyder, I'll give it to Scott Snyder. You know, Scott Snyder is the one who really puts a lot of himself in what he's doing because he can, because he's earned it, right? Because he's gotten mm-hmm. to that point. But it's more so at Marvel, less so at DC. But in this case, it definitely feels it. But the um, at Marvel, it's like, no, this is what you have to do now. Go do it and the writer goes like okay and then does it you know and like that maybe that's why i liked nick fury so much more because i didn't get that feel i didn't get the feel like this was a editorial mandate like james robinson just said i'm gonna do something in the vein of Steranko and i'm gonna run with it you know um, yeah but the, like those books are niche books the ones that you're talking about yeah and 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 the thing is like i feel like the the industry is bifurcated into there's the workaday stuff there's the there's the the company jobs and then out of that you get some outlets to do your own thing and that's how it is now because between image and between I'm going to say vanity books but it's not that's a little more pejorative than I want it to be but like something like like the vision that was lower, just done. lower tier yeah not lo- lower tier because again I mean yeah like I I don't want to I don't want to demean like demean the value of a book like vision or Paramount and Iron Fist and stuff like that but well, yeah, so what right. I'm I'm wondering, like, but does DC doesn't seem to have much of an outlet for that kind of book, whereas Marvel does. Right. Trying to think of a DC book. And it's it's been argued that Marvel's leaned too into that. You know, I think that's where a lot of the diversity and all this kind of the arguments about Marvel have been coming up. But like, right. but, then, but then Marvel rolls out this this generations announcement uh, for this August, uh, August running from August to September, a ten issue series, right? Where they release and it's all writers and half the books don't have artists. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I get are we gonna are we gonna do that? Are we gonna do that part now? Do we sure, want to do that yeah, part? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. That's where that's where I'm at. Uh, I so mean. It's, Good. I was gonna say I know how the comic book industry works. I know they need to announce stuff in advance. You need to solicit and stuff like that. But it's just like get your shit together, you know. Like no, like like you know. On one hand, you know, like literally on the same day, you had DC announcing this artist-driven line of books where Jim Lee's trying to recreate Image at DC, which isn't gonna work. But you've got you know Greg Capullo and John Romita Jr. and Adam Kubert and you know and fo- folks like that rolling out these kind of big name books. And you got Marvel just doing more of the same. You know, and it's just another bunch of books that are, you know, there's generations which are tying in, you know, the the older and younger character with a bunch of names that are uninspiring and that aren't, you know, that don't get me excited for it. And half the books don't have artists. Like, it's this isn't hard. Like, I think just get good names, good people, put them on books and get out of their way. And if, and I don't understand why Marvel is stumbling, like, both companies are stumbling over themselves to do that. See, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay couple of reasons. One, this thing, this fake writers versus artists thing. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. That needs to stop. Agreed. Uh, I'm just reading like the press releases or whatever where, 
you've got John Romita Jr. saying that Marvel isn't focusing enough on the artist and it's costing them sales. I'm like, why are you doing that? That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. There are good creators. A good or, or some of the stuff, some of the stuff Capullo said at that at that panel, which, yeah, which yeah. don't get me wrong, Capullo is a firebrand, and when it's, you put a mic in front of him, you got to just get out of the way. But still, yeah, I know that it's wrestling, yeah. and I get that. Yeah. But I actually think it's harmful because yeah. the fact is there are good creators, and sometimes one kind of person drives the book, and when sometimes another kind of person drives the book. Warren Ellis sells the book; it doesn't matter who's right, who's who's drawing on it. It doesn't. Right. Warren Ellis did the book. Jim Lee is on a book; it doesn't matter who's writing it. Yeah. There's creators who attract fans. And and each of them bring different things. So if for some reason Marvel's doing some event and it was a writer driven thing where this they came up with it, I don't I don't care. Right. They're not soliciting it yet. They're not soliciting it without artists. They're just saying this thing is coming because they're trying to stay ahead of the curve and it's just whatever. I like I find if you don't pay attention to that part of it, it doesn't affect because in the end, I'm really only looking at what comes out on a given week and I look at who's writing, who's drawing. Right. And and I and I told and I totally agree with you with all of that. I to, but the but the thing is that there is a Going back to my argument about Captain America, and that is not alone in a lot of Marvel books. The quality of art in Marvel books have gotten disturbingly low, right? And and the thing is that they're good people. And it was funny because I was having this conversation with another friend of ours who works in the industry, and he's like, "All right, he's like, he's like, so what do they do? Where are the where where are the where's the talent? Where are the good people?" I'm like, "I don't know. I wish I had that answer. You know, if I had, you know, but." <laughs> you know, but I do know that you know you get. I mean, like we're we're ripe for Grant Morrison to come back from Heavy Metal Land, right? And and but then I don't know if that would but, even move the needle anymore. Like I, it, it's it's such a no. weird. We're in such a weird place right now. I don't think it would. For I think that it's, things have changed. Yeah. You and I are not the audience right now, right? So we are going to get excited about niche things and interesting things. But you know, the the main thrust of sort of what's happening at 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 Marvel proper, right? not interesting right it hasn't been for a long time for for lots of reasons um but those sort of fringy side books there's a lot of good stuff happening there i i, I believe i still continue to believe that like if you're going to talk about quality of art and who they're willing to let do books and do interesting work marvel's main you know mainstream basic marvel has has the edge there by a great deal because there's that DC house style thing. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Really, let's 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 be honest. They're they're doing this line. They want a lot of people who draw like Jim Lee. Yeah. Yeah. That is their thing, and I don't like it. Yeah. Like, and I never have, and it, you know, so like that's what they're going for. It's less. There's good work being done, but overall, I find there's more of those little offshoots and and eccentricities that ACO, ACO, whatever, Amco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stuff like that or stuff like Sanford Green on Power Man and Iron Fist or uh, even what's happening in a book like Ms. Marvel, there's more risks being taken to let those kind of talents sort of grow up. Whereas uh, it, over at DC, it's 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 a plug and play system. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of guys um, from all over the world who are sort of nondescript. Yeah. You're doing the job, and then and the problem the problem then is that somebody comes out like Otto Schmidt on Green Arrow, who's a standout, and you're like, yes, this, and then because Green Arrow is on a double right. shipping, whatever, we don't get consistency, and it's just well, like, we we talked about this yeah, is yeah. this this double shipping this bi monthly thing that is harmful to the artist. Yep, it does yep. not allow somebody to build up um, momentum, and I'll pre- and I'll predict now that when this. DC, whatever, what did they call it? Dark, dark matter line 
the moment I just made the jerk off motion with my hand, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know that that whole that whole that whole marketing of the, this was just this masterclass and dark. Like it was so mixed. It was so full of mixed messages. And I wasn't in the panel. I was in the presentation. Maybe it made more sense. But even reading about it in the in the press that officially wrote about it versus the people that were there and that were posting about it on Twitter, it just sounded like such a mixed bag of smoke and mirrors and marketing speak and all this sort of stuff to try to get you excited for something. And it just you know and and the thing is the moment one of those books ships late it's going to be a, free, a feeding frenzy again you know because that's how mm-hmm. it goes you know and like and so I, I don't know i'll be curious to see what it goes i want to read those books i like the idea that dc wants to do new things yeah you know what i mean like that's cool you know but but you know J- i'm sorry but you know jim lee and james tinian on the immortal man i'm more excited by the idea of doing something new than by the people who are doing it you know um, that's been I, the, yeah that's yeah. that's not new yeah so Anyway, but 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 whatever we can just rant and rant. But let's let's. Uh, but there, the thing is that there are still there are still masters in this industry who, oh. I, th- who I think could put together great books, and one of those continues to be Kurt Busiek. I I, I, I honestly I think the solution yep. is to hire Kurt Busiek to write your entire line, <laughs> but under under various pseudonyms, make them sound like British names you have never heard of. You would have. I'm serious. <laughs> if you didn't put his name on it. People would. Oh, that guy's been around forever. Because like <laughs> to people now, he must be like. Like Roger Stern was to us, right? Yeah, but the know, thing, but the thing is that does he have an older sensibility, or if he let's say he did that, we say we take Kerpusik, we say do what you do great, we're going to do it under a different name. Does it still connect with modern audiences? I think so. I think he. Gets, I think so. I think he gets the chemistry of what makes I, comics work. I'm reading. I'm reading Autumn Lands, and that doesn't seem to me like, like oh, this guy's been doing comics since the '80s. Yeah. You know, like he's got he's got the range. He can do the different voice. It's like yeah. Mark Wade can kind of do the same thing. Yeah, I, I put Mark Wade and Kurt Busiek definitely in the same category. But goddamn, yes. Astro City number forty three was great. It was, it, was really, it was really good. It was really great. We finally get we finally find out this is a single issue. We finally find out about the gentleman. Um, you know, it's, I flipped onto that page with the gentleman, and and that is an image that I haven't seen in a while, and it's yeah. it's so iconic for this series. Yeah. I think of the the uh, Alex Ross cover. And and as soon as I flipped to it, I went, oh, the gentleman. And then I saw the word, and I was like, oh, I was right. I remembered. And I go, who drew this? And I was like, oh, it is Brent Anderson. Everything was perfect right there on yeah, that, it's that per- page. It's perfect. It's perfect. And this is kind of a weird take on Shazam-esque, kind of. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a little girl whose father died, okay. and somehow she can man- – so her father dies, and he's a larger-than-life kind of, you know – 1940s man right with the cut chisel jaw and we find out that uh that she's actually making him manifest and as the gentleman and that's the hero um and it's just a real touching story done in a real fourth wall breaking manner right because we have the sandman purple man kind of guy who started telling the story but then the little girl breaks in and starts talking to us directly and tells the story about the gentleman we get the bouncing beatnik who we haven't seen for a while who i love um <laughs> and yeah i mean it just it just astro city is just perfect it's just perfect. i really i also really like the 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 snake villain thing yeah yeah the serpentor like yeah that wasn't quite it is exactly serpentor isn't it but like yeah. he he was he was actually trying to do the right thing yeah yeah you know but he, but nobody understood him and he still screwed up and I would if you if you make her be sick editor in chief at Marvel. I would I I think that would that would make things better. I agree. Absolutely, I agree because I think he could do. I think he could do it. And I don't know how his I know he has health issues, but he should do it like uh, like Roy Thomas did. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just 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 give it to him. Yep. And and it's fine if if his name is the problem. I don't have a fake name. So change it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get creative. Comics. Come on. (laughs) It's true. I you know we're talking about another master, right? It was really great. Yeah. Oh oh, we had a new Hellboy issue. Yep. Um. 
And what was interesting about this, I have to get to it. I'm sorry, just a, a moment. Um, it's a one-issue story, one and done, Into the Silent Sea. Um, and for me, the story here was uh, Gary Giannis, uh, Gary Gianni, yeah. uh, the art on it. It's all this like sort of woodcutty, pencil-y, line-based stuff, sort of very scratchy and old. Uh, like you would see it, – it all takes place on, like, on an old whaling ship basically or or something like that. Or maybe it was a warship. But either way, an old boat with sails. Um, and – it looks like sort of the woodcut art that you would see, you know, from the late 1800s. Wow. Um, and, and so Hellboy shows up and, and it's Dave Stewart. So everything is gray and greenish except for Hellboy who is in red. Um, and Hellboy shows up on the ship and the people on the ship freak out because he's a big demon. So they tie him up. Um, and in the meantime, there's all these other mysteries going on. Basically, uh, everybody dies. Okay. <laughs> and then you kind of find out that Hellboy is like, traveling through purgatory he was on his own Jeez. and 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 nothing really but it's beautiful uh it has got a, a you know really fun it's a it's a hellboy story right you know like I, like a bunch of stuff goes around and hellboy kind of watches it and 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 his thing is like you're you're making a bad decision here and then everybody gets killed and he's like well crap and then he swims off on his own <laughs> it's just like well crap and it's the, i mean like the formula is not it doesn't vary very much. Uh, oh, and there's a bunch of sea monsters too that sort of come up at one point and kill everybody, like giant crabs. And I mean, if I was this artist, like I'd imagine this is about the best best thing I've had to draw in a long time. Um, it, it was just really fun. And if you if you're like me, I, I I think when they said Mignola has retired from Hellboy, which I don't, I guess I guess he didn't. I don't really know. Um, or they just put Mignola's name on everything anyway. I, I a little bit of me went, all right. Hellboy's still going on. I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Um, but they're still here and they're fun and they're 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 worth reading. That's and all, they're that's all that good matters. Stuff. And it looks yeah. so good. Yeah. Cool. If you just didn't even read it and you just flip through it. It's yeah. it's super fun. <laughs> all right, but we got a couple more comics to talk about before we get on. I want to thank everybody for helping support iFanboy.com. And if you're listening, and there are thousands of you listening who are currently not helping support iFanboy.com, we're talking to you. Uh, head over to iFanboy.com slash support. Uh, there you can find a link to uh, shop at Amazon where all your Amazon purchases go through like normal, but then a little bit comes to us from Amazon, not from you. Nothing leaves your pocket. In fact, I saw uh, recently, I meant I really need to go follow up and thank them, but a comic book store posted and said that all of their Amazon purchases go through our iFanboy link to help us out. And that's just amazing, and that's awesome. So, it, it, it's, yeah. it's interesting for a couple of reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's a common. I know a lot of comic stores, you know, when you when you when Diamond shorts them, sometimes Amazon is a, is the solution. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I know, but yeah. comic shops are somewhat in competition with Amazon sometimes. Right, so yeah, yeah it's, it's a whole thing. But to anyway. say we're gonna challenge, we're gonna we're gonna funnel it through through a comic book site. That's rad. Yeah. So um, thank you for doing that, and please, you know, anybody, you know, a lot of us shop at Amazon. Using that link helps us out in the process. Um, if you want to help us directly, you can go to, uh, also on fanboy.com/support. There's a direct link to uh, donate via PayPal. Um, we thank everyone who has done that, uh, and we continue to be open uh, for purchase from eccentric billionaires. So that's the way to do it. Uh, and then finally, uh, head over to Patreon.com/fanboy where you can help support us directly on a monthly basis. We got a bunch of different levels there uh, that you can sign up at. If you sign up at a level $5 or higher, you get a bunch of uh, cool rewards. I'm working on the next wave of patron rewards. They're going to be going out in the mail soon, so stay tuned. Um, we've changed our next goal. We are less than $600 away from meeting it, so we need you. This is a membership drive. We need your help. If we get to uh, our next goal, we will add another podcast on a monthly basis where we talk about uh, something non-comics media, like we talked about train spotting recently. We'll talk about a movie, TV show, book, record, who knows. Um, similar to our all-media wrap 
wrap up at the end of the year, but on a monthly basis. And so uh, that that's good. That, that that will be thanks to you. Can um, you guys get on that? Yes, please, because we really want to do it. We're, we're yeah, basically. Yeah. But um, and then also the t-shirt shop is uh, imminent. Uh, our t-shirt store is going to be launching very very soon. I'm just waiting for the final samples to come in so I can approve them, and then we will be in good shape. So stay tuned for that, and we will uh, let you know when those are live. And you can we got a, a wave of new t-shirts for you. Thanks to the patrons who who helped us meet that goal. So uh, Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. We thank you for your support. Moving if on. I, moving yeah, on. I, I was. I was going. If I may, the people at home need to realize, like you guys were super concerned with making sure the shirts were good. Yeah. You weren't going to put up a thing and not check. Yeah. That's yeah. the only part we're waiting on. Yep. That's that's commitment. I'm not even taking credit for that. I'm just impressed it by it. Yeah. I'm, I wish it could have gone quicker, but we're we're working. We're working at it. So. Um, all right, so moving on, uh, Black Hammer number eight continues just the, I, I, the the specialness of this book by Lemire and Dean Ormston. This is a I like the new format if it's going to be this arc, but where we're seeing each member of, each issue is showing us each member of the team how how they were before they were in the town, and then parallel story with how it is now. In this particular case, we got to see the little girl who's uh, the old woman trapped in a little girl's body. We got to see more about her story. She's kind of like a Mary Marvel kind of Shazam kind of character. Um, gave us more depth to her. I just love this book it's just it's per- perfection so i just wanted to talk about i hate fairyland number 12 and and Nor- this is uh, normally this is me who talks about i hate fairyland it is true but here's what i'm going to talk about a it was super fun and there were samurai pages and yeah. i i assume those were really fun to, to draw with like uh double page spreads with wide wide panels and speed lines yep. and those were really cool uh, i just liked the, um the last paragraph of the letters page on the end Yes, that was very- I know, I know this isn't Remender's deep, dark matter about being a dad or being a sad dad or being sad about dad. It's not Hickman's fake IRS tax returns with a bunch of circles inside other circles and a triangle or two just for good measure. And that made me laugh more than anything I read this week. Yeah, Scotty. And that's the only reason I brought that up. Scotty's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it is a great issue. I love it was, what he's doing. It was a really fun issue too. Yeah. I, I was, it was really fun. Um, and also I like in that back matter piece how he basically is apologizing. So he's doing the, the free comic book day issue yeah. for Fairyland because of that, the next issue won't be out to June. And I'm looking, I had to look at the calendar. I'm like, Jesus, Scotty, it's just, it's just one month. Like he's, no. he wrote that thing as, as if he was like breaking. He's like, he, you could, I felt, I could hear how bad he felt about that. Yeah. And it just shows his commitment to this book and shipping on a monthly schedule, which it should be applauded. So, um, put Scotty on a book at Marvel. You know what I mean? Like put him, like I would, could you imagine Scotty and, and, a you know, and Grant Morrison doing a Marvel, you know, a, a book, like something, you know, a, that's what I'm talking about. Get big, like, I don't know. I could go on and on about that. I can be yeah. honest. Yeah. He's not doing a Marvel book like that right now, He's and not. it's a little bit your fault. I know, yeah, kind of is to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I do like I hate Fairland. I like that it's his, and it is my fault. I'm sorry. Um, all right, next book: Shaolin Cowboy. Who will stop the rain? Number one. This was the runner-up in the patron pick, and I was already going to read it, but I wanted to make sure we mentioned it because a lot of the patrons were really uh, big behind it. This is from Dark Horse Comics, and this is Jeff Darrow, um, his uh, Shaolin Cowboy uh, character, uh, colored by Dave Stewart, which is always a, a great moment. And I don't know, you know, like I don't know much about Shaolin Cowboy. I've read it off and on through the years. It's kind of been around, but there was a double page. Sp- spread in here that was just like mind-blowing and just reminds you that jeff darrow I mean, that's jeff darrow <laughs> yeah exactly it just like it just so it was great to get lost in jeff darrow land again so um awesome art amazing fun story i i you know like you know like um but yeah it was just the, the art was just amazing so i'm actually uh, i didn't get to this and i'm kind of bummed about it i know i will i, I absolutely yeah. um and finally uh i, I want to talk about black science 29 but it's difficult um but I, my point because Literally, I, I I was reading and I go, 
how is this still so good? It's so good. It's so it's criminal. It's criminal how good it is. I mean, Matteo Scalera, there hasn't been a fill in, right? No, there hasn't. He's done every issue. We're twenty nine issues into this, yeah. and like it's still the pace is just it's breathtaking. Like like and and I'll I'll tell you moving. what, people, I've I've seen the sales numbers. And like more of you need to be reading this book, more of you need to pick up all the trades, get caught up and read this on a monthly basis because you are literally missing out on one of the best comic books on the market. It is. Yeah. And, and you know, 29 issues in, I, I'm still wrapped. I am. This is one of my favorite books. And outside of that, it's one of my favorite looking books. Yep. Uh, and, and I just I can't I can't get over how, how great this is. And, and I don't know how you can listen to this show and not be reading this. Right. I, I don't like everybody. If everybody who listened to this show was reading this book, we would never have to worry about it going anywhere. Yeah. There, so there, there's the iFanboy challenge. We want everyone who listens to the book to go read Black Science. And I don't know how we're going to make this work, but let's do that. Well, <laughs> this goes along with with Lazarus. Yes. Yeah. If this book goes away or Lazarus goes away, I will find you. Yep. Um, and you will pay. And here and here's the deal, folks. Go to our Amazon link, buy all the trades, get caught up, right? And then get current with this book. If let's see if we can move the needle on a book. That's what I would like to see. And and go to your comic book store, pre-order it, do whatever, do all the things. Even if if even if two thousands of you do it, and there are two there are literally thousands of you listening to this, it could make a difference and make sure that we that this book never goes away because it's that, fantastic. That first trade's what? Ten bucks retail? Ten, yeah, nine dollars. Go do it. Go do I mean, it. It's Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I, I don't. I literally. I do not understand why you would read comic books and not read this book. Right. It, it's it's that excellent. Um, and it's, it's so don't don't take it away from me. Yep. That's it, this is completely selfish. I want to keep reading this book. Absolutely. So there you go. All right. Well, as we mentioned earlier, you could support iFanboy directly by going to patreon.com slash iFanboy. And uh, those who sign up at the $5 or higher level um, on a monthly basis, support structure, get bestowed a dumb superpower on, on them. Sometimes it's a good power. Sometimes it's a bad power. Sometimes it's an embarrassing power. Sometimes it's a handy power. Uh, we never know. Spin the wheel. We'll see what happens. Josh, you are up first. Uh, well, Greg Alexi is gelatinous gelatinous at will he does not always gelatinous not like a like he falls apart kind of thing but if he has to uh drip through something slowly greg can do that all right cool it's gelatinous gelatinous or colloidal (laughs) (laughs) all right uh damien sherman can be in two places at once Whereas mine is not necessarily related to me. <laughs> not at all. I feel like yours is. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But yeah, he's able to. And the thing is, is that it's, it's like, it's not quite like replicating, cloning kind of thing. But it's uh-huh. also not quite like, I don't know how he does it, to be honest with you. I don't know if it's the Flash or whatever, but he's literally in two places. And the thing is, is that it's kind of like when Jean Grey got her telepathic powers. It is very hard to be in two places at once because you listen to two people talking at the same time. You know, it can mm-hmm. be difficult. He's got to really get disciplined and learn how to use this power. But uh, yeah, he can be in two places at once. That's pretty good. Thanks. Ralph Lee. <laughs> I made myself laugh. Always looks good in photos. 
Oh wow, that's that's the, that's quite the power. <laughs> never taking a bad photo. Eyes always where they need to be. He's not blinking. He's never making that mid face. Yeah. And and the smile never looks forced. He just always looks good in photos. All right, there you go. Don't and don't discount that. Tom Benton can juggle anything. <laughs> So whether it's whether it's whether it's apples or dump trucks, Tom Benton can juggle them. Now, if he needs to lift a dump truck to move it, he can't. It has to be in the act of juggling. So if he needs to move cars, he's got to juggle them down the street. I want to I want to go ahead and break down this laughter you just heard. It's a combination of wow, I didn't expect that coming from you, and also, wow, that's really stupid, and oh my god, I'm still laughing. <laughs> it's those three things. It's, 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 it's the, the comedic rule of threes. There you go. Yeah, so. and, and, you, and you definitely explained the, the thing I thought. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if he, he, can ju- he can just lift anything, but no, it has to be in the act of juggling. <laughs> I almost spit coffee just then. Oh, fantastic. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Don't miss out on getting your own superpower. It's all the rage. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. <laughs> Time to okay. get – we're going to take a couple of your questions. Uh, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Our first one comes from Carl from Carl from Boston who says, I've been thinking about this since I started reading comic book, comics back in 1997 or so, but it really came to a head with Spider-Gwen number 18 and the newest Avengers series. I don't regularly read Spider-Gwen, but I've actually been really enjoying the crossover between Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Gwen. And then all of a sudden Spider-Ham is introduced. I'm willing to let comics be comics about 99% of the time, but this issue is so bad I can't stop thinking about it. (laughs) In the same day, I decided to read Avengers number 5, and I'm pretty positive my brain melted, and I understood none of what was happening. This whole Kang storyline is a bunch of time travel mumbo-jumbo with no clear explanation. It's too bad because Mike Del Mundo and Mark Wade should be a great combo. So I guess my question is, how long are you willing to let the writer-artist create a confusing comic before you give up on it? Are there certain creators you give a longer leash to? Are there certain confusing plot devices you hate? Josh? Two issues. Okay. Uh, it's about two if I'm not super invested. There oh, are two, certain... two, two, Oh, you'll give them two issues. I thought you had two issues. I yeah, you said how long are you willing yeah, to so go? So two I'll issues. be two issues into something. To me, you know, I've been dropping off and jumping back on for a long time. I don't care about having read a complete arc necessarily because you can always catch up. There are people, you know, there's the Grant Morrison rule or or – Garth Ennis or, Ger- you know, stuff. Or Ger- Gerard, Gerard Way now, I think you, you got to he, – he, he's kind of like little Grant Morrison in that. Like I, sure. was, I gave him a long leash with some of the young animal stuff and some of it's paid off. Some of it hasn't. Yeah. Uh, that Yeah, that's weird. I'm trying to think if there's – there must be artists. You know, there's definitely artists who I – like I, I think um, – I'm reading Injection now. Yep. And I have been all along, and I kind of like it, but I'm mostly sticking around to watch Declan Shalvey, Shal- Declan Shalvey and, and Jordi Belair do, like, what is artistically the work of their careers, I think, um, or at least the best stuff that they've done to this point. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. I kind of like the vibe of it more than I like the story. Yeah. Um, it, uh, who, uh, Greg Smallwood was doing Moon Knight for a while, and I wasn't even reading it. I'm still reading Moon Knight. Moon Knight's been good. It's been really I, good. No, it, it's, I don't like Moon Knight. I never have because the whole thing is hallucination half the time right, yeah. and I can't grab onto that. But the Smallwood art was so good that I just would – I'd look at every issue. Yeah. 
Um, for for but, me, it, for me, it's not a it's not a core like two issue. Or not for, really. It, it's kind of a. There are oftentimes where books that if I don't if if I don't see it on the stands right. or remember that I'm liking it, I can quickly forget about it. And then like a month goes by, I'm like, oh wait, right, I, I guess I dropped that. You know, like so it's more instinctual. I've done that. Yeah, um, done that. I definitely get frustrated by the. This just makes no sense. You know, like that that and that's happening more and more. Um, I think that was one of the things that we ran into with the patron pick a couple weeks ago. With Black Cloud number one. Um, you weren't on again. You weren't on the show. I told you to be the theme. Um, but you know the the Ivan Brandon, Jason Latour, Greg Hinkle book. And while we love Greg Hinkle, and I'm you know I'm actually a fan of Jason Latour's work, you know in general, and Ivan Brandon's as well. There was a lot of that book was just you know it just didn't make sense. Actually, you um, know what? I started to read that last night. Yeah, interesting. I'd be curious what you think of it. Um, I started to read it. Right. And, I didn't finish it. Yeah. See. Yeah. That's the problem. And I thought I was very excited. I was like, "All right, I'm I'm mostly I'm excited about two thirds of this." Yeah, and I mean, Hinkle uh, was great. And there were moments of like, "Okay, I could see what they're trying to do here," but it just it was a it was almost like a Rubik's cube that was like seventy five percent done. Yeah, I, I it didn't it didn't I, I couldn't figure out what was supposed to grab me at all. Yeah. yeah. All right, next email, Matthew Moore Glenn. <laughs> I don't know. That's what he wrote, Matthew. <laughs> okay. There's a one of his names is in parentheses. I don't know why. I don't know which one's which. Um, two of them are first names. Whatever. I've decided to reread Lemire, Lemire's Animal Man after finishing Morrison's run, and it's quite a journey. But I noticed a name I hadn't before. Steve Pugh. His work on hear that his work on Animal Man was pretty rough, but seeing the improvement over the years is uh, pretty amazing. I went back to see what you guys thought, and you agreed he should have been replaced by a fill-in artist in episode 342. Wow. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna do some take backs. The delta <laughs> of quality was pretty significant uh, when compared to the Flintstones. Anyway, this isn't really a question. I just wanted to point out the improvement and how long ago 2012 was. Yikes! You are not kidding, Glenn well, Moore. Here's my that. thought about this: is that there's so much to be said about the right moment, uh, about somebody right. finding the right moment, and it's a right moment in their talent and development. But also in that, if you remember, we were so high on Travel Foreman on that Animal Man run. Yeah. I think anybody who followed Travel Foreman, we were going to be hard on because we just wanted Travel Foreman. And uh, and also that was you know five years ago, and clearly Steve Pooh's been you know he he's now doing great work on the Flintstones. It, a lot, so a lot of times it's the right book, the right writer, the right artist, the right time, and that. That just yeah. wasn't his time. I think – hey, I don't think he was new then. I think no, he'd been he around for a while. He's, yeah. he's a vet. And I really think it is a, a matter of the whiplash of styles. Yeah. Um, that had to do with it more than anything else. Um, but, yeah, he's he's definitely yeah, – I mean he's he's been around since, since you know, the 88. Long time. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, long yeah. time. Um, so, you know, at that point – you remember DC was DC was DC is they just sort of put somebody on a book. Yeah. It, they don't seem to care if the style changes from one to the other. But with that book, it's funny because in the New Fifty Two, DC was doing that kind of thing where they had somebody like Travel Foreman, and they would allow you know the every once in a while they'll allow art to be experimental, but it's so rare for them. Yeah, yeah, so rare. And yeah, but twenty twelve was so long ago. Also, before you said hard on. I did. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, for pointing that out. I just think, just generally, um, you know, it, it goes to show that you know we might we might criticize an artist today, and that doesn't mean in a year, two years, five years, we're not raving about them now. Like that's sure. the great thing about comics is that you see somebody up and coming. You go back and look at Frank Quitely's early work, and it is not, you know, like it is it is not good. 
mm-hmm. right? And then it's not like somebody who was gifted from the get go. And then you you know you reach up to the apex and that those X Men work, and you're just like, oh god, look what this guy because that guy worked at it. That's you know like right. that. the thing about art is that it's actually. I mean, the thing about art is it's visual. But I mean, you know, like you, you we, <laughs> we see we see writers evolve and get better over time and kind of have have up, ups and downs and that sort of thing. But with art, you you actually can see the development, and it's really you know what, you know what's funny about writers is that I will read something by somebody new and not like it, and I kind of check them off like well i don't have to pay attention to that yeah it's a lot easier for an artist to make that comeback because you can look at it and just see the improvement you watch a a steve epting or something like that if you want to look at his whole career or the first two albums by spoon yeah Um, or or, no i mean like there's a great example like we you know we went bananas for steve epting on captain america and remember i remember we were at the con when i found an old issue of avengers from the 90s that he steve epting drew and it's two different guys yeah you know so uh, i mean it's the same guy but it looked like two different guys or the work of a young gordon gecko yeah there you go (laughs) Um, okay, so if you got a question, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Be sure to let us know your name, where you're from, and how long you've been thinking about that question. Um, and also, so you, if you want, you can send an MP3 with some audio. And we got a couple of those in. We didn't get to them this week, but we're going to get to them next week. So thank you. So please keep those coming. Uh, all right. So, Josh, what, what else we got there for the people? Well, if you want to go back in the uh, the feed, the podcast feed, as it were, uh, you're going to see uh, the show that Ron and I did. We were talking about T2 train spotting. Um, because we had to, and that is a teaser for the, uh, next, uh, Patreon goal, uh, the all media show kind of thing that we will do on a regular basis. Uh, and we will do that about other things. We will not talk about those first two spoon albums, but, uh, we'll talk about their latest one. Cause it's actually interesting. Is it? Yeah. Well, okay. We can, we can discuss. See, yep. see, there you go. So. Right there. <laughs> so yeah, so but that was a bunch of yeah, so go check out Train Spotting. I had so much fun on that show, and and uh, glad to hear so many people enjoyed it. Um, we've also got uh, there's some comics media out there that we need to talk about. Iron Fist is still lingering on Netflix. I'm really gonna watch it at some point. Um, or finish still watching. Not it. started. <laughs> no, I started, but then I oh. gotta finish it. But uh, maybe maybe <laughs> I should be able to dive in this week. Um, also, we're gonna keep our eye out for Wilson, the Willie, Woody Harrelson book uh, that was based on a Daniel Klaus um, uh, graphic novel. Missed it in the theaters, but we're gonna get it in uh, digital release and do a podcast about it. Um, but then. And the big one that's coming up, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, is opening May 4th. And uh, it's time for us to start figuring out what we're going to do there. But uh, that is coming, and it should be fun. I know it premiered in L.A. earlier this week, and uh, it's getting th- good reviews, of course, because it's the latest new shiny thing. Um, but, yeah. The there best thing ever. Right. Head over to ifanboy.com to find the best articles ever uh, from the past because we're not really doing them anymore. And all of our podcasts and stuff like that and video shows and everything we've ever did is reposited. Is that is that correct? Sure. They're posited. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard that usage. Yeah. Uh, you can comment on this show or the other shows or talk about what it is we did wrong or we did right. Um, that's fine. You can go to Facebook.com. Slash, it's fine. You can go to Facebook.com slash iFanboy or you can follow at iFanboy on Twitter and then you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out or, you know, tell us things and engage otherwise. And sometimes we even send out other little things. Uh, that tickle our fancy. And of course, you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, at Ron XO, and at CS Kilpatrick, but that one's kind of a placeholder. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. The yes. Twitter is, the Instagram's not. Yes. And, uh, it's all in French now, though. It's Connor. all in French, right? It just it's nonsense unless you're French. Um, if you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes, write a review about it, or anywhere else that takes reviews about podcasts. Or, or most importantly, tell your friends. If your friends are into comics and they're not listening to iFanboy, help spread the word. We appreciate everybody who does that. You guys uh, re- have really helped us grow to what we are today, and let's continue that momentum. Um, we're, we're changing the world one com- comic book reader at a time. Black <laughs> science. Yes, exactly. So your one takeaway from this, from this <laughs> episode is to go read read black science seriously all right so that's it for this show thanks for listening we'll be back next week until then i'm rob